Love yourself. Strive for progress, not perfection. Know your worth, then at tax. Make an income while making an impact. Doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. Visualize your higher self and start showing up as that. Level up. Hi guys and welcome back to Level Up with Lou. This is episode 31 with your girl Lou Oni. Keep up with the pod on Instagram, Level Up with Lou, and email me at levelupwithlou at gmail.com with any comments or questions. Also, if you enjoy this episode and think someone else will, please share it and also let me know what you think. Hello everyone and welcome back. Hope you guys are doing good. Thank you so much for the feedback from my last episode. Um, I know you guys quite enjoyed Toby and Patrick. Um, Yeah, it was an interesting episode to record. But yeah, guys, thank you so much for your feedback and for sharing and for listening. Um, So I'm back today with a new episode. So we're carrying on from the relationship mini series um, that we've been doing. So this is going to be a third and probably the final installment of the mini series and yeah I just wanted to just talk a bit more about relationships in terms of like communication and attachment styles and all that jazz um so yeah I brought a very special person this is someone that I've known for a very long time one of my oldest childhood friends would you like to introduce yourself hi my name is Kemi um Like Lou said earlier, we've known each other for a very long time. Um, I'm a registered nurse. I live in the United States. I love dancing, hiking, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Reading. (laughs) This is not a dating profile. (laughs) (laughs) This is not Tinder. I love hiking, taking on a date. You never know. You never know. Would you date an English guy, though? What do you say? Would you date an English guy? Would you do long distance? I, I mean, why not? You can't shut anything out. You never know what God has in store for you. So you have to be open-minded. This is true. Yeah, this is not? true. So how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah, I'm really glad you're actually on this episode because I feel like you have a lot of like wisdom and insight and uh, like we're quite similar in terms of like we come from like very, very similar backgrounds. Um, we grew up like minutes away from each other. So it will, it's actually quite nice to have someone who's kind of, I guess, seen me from being a child to an adult and yeah, just to come on and see like what I'm actually doing as an adult and, you know, the project, the project and like the work I'm doing with Level Up with Do, it's just really like, it's amazing to see that there's someone that has known me for so long, you know, supporting and, you know, yeah, here for me with this. So thank you so much. I appreciate you for that. You're welcome. I mean, I, I would say the same thing too. Like, I'm really proud of you. Just seeing you... Um improve yourself and get better each year and continue to be consistent with it too like that's really commendable and it you know I I don't think I've ever shared this with you but it pushes me as well to focus on what I'm passionate about and to reach for those goals and not to you know hinder myself so yeah 
just want to let you know I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you, girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's so sweet. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you You're so welcome. much. So in today's episode, um, since we've been talking about the whole like relationship and dating mm. um, stuff, I thought it'd be good to kind of narrow it down and talk about um, different things that affect how you are in a relationship. So in terms of like you, how you grew up, love languages, attachment styles, things like that. So I thought it'd be quite good to talk about those things because I do feel like they have a massive impact on the kind of person you are in a relationship and the type of people that you do end up attracting to your life. And it's quite interesting when you look at like the research and the literature literature that's out there about these topics, it's quite interesting to see how they manifest themselves in, you know, like your day-to-day relationships, even whether it be your relationship with your partner. If Like it just manifests and shows itself in different ways. So whether it be your partnerships or your friendships or relationship with your parents or you're like your co-workers um so yeah that's why I thought it'd be good to talk about this I asked if you'd done if you'd done the um love languages quiz because mm-hmm. I feel like it's something that like would be quite good to start off with and like just talk about like our results and you know how we feel like they've affected us in past relationships and even like in present relationships as well so um For people that don't actually know about the five love languages, so it's basically based on a book by um, Dr. Gary Chapman, where he basically kind of explains that it's like kind of like a guide to help couples to identify and understand and then speak their partner's love languages in terms of like obviously knowing that this is how your partner wants to be loved and appreciated um, because sometimes like we do certain things in relationships and we wonder, oh, why doesn't this person receive it in the way you want them to receive it? And it's genuine because that is not, the, you're not speaking the right language to them. So it's just basically somewhat supposed to kind of enhance relationships and to help people be happier and feel, you know, feel, yeah, just feel appreciated and feel more loved in relationships. So there's five of them. I'm going to just quickly go over... Um, the five of them and kind of just talk about like what they are and give like sort of examples of them and then we'll um, develop on it further and talk about our results and how we feel like they've, they've affected us in our relationships so the first one is words of affirmation so that basically expresses love with words that build up the person so you can communicate that through like encouragement affirmation appreciation and like actively listening to the person. Um, so that's something like paying someone a compliment that's actually thoughtful. Or like sending like a thank you card. And for people who have this love language, if you like say negative things to them, or if you like insult them, that kind of hurts them more. And that it just takes longer for them to get over some something like something like that if you speak negatively to them. And then the second one is acts of service. So that basically expresses love through doing things the person likes um, with their happiness in mind. So it's stuff like, um, for example, like cooking a meal or like helping someone out with a project where it's basically, it's basically actions speak louder than words in terms of like any act that somewhat helps a person or makes them feel happy. You kind of do it because you know that 
you can say all the I loves I love yous you want to say in the world, but truly and deeply, what means the most to the person is the actions and like the things that you do to help them mm-hmm. in their day to day life. And then the third one is receiving gifts. So this one has people normally think of it as like very materialistic and think, oh, you just want to just get like a Louis Vuitton bag or Gucci belt <laughs> or, or whatever. But right. Right. <laughs> what it basically is, is deeper than that. It's just, it's about expressing love through meaningful and thoughtful gifts mm. that make a person feel appreciated. You know, gifts that yeah. reflect thought and effort you know it's not just getting some random um some <laughs> general do you know what I mean some, some some like the basic gift that everyone yeah. gets that is not about that it's about the thought like that goes that. into it yeah. thinking about the person being like yes this is what the person would like um yeah, for example sure. like you know if you know like they need a piece of equipment or you know this person wears this this exact like maybe like it's like a um I don't know, like a shade of a shade of foundation or a shade of um, eyeshadow this person wears, or like a brand. It's like knowing, okay, the cool. This is her style. This is what she likes, or yeah. this is what for the guy. This personalized. Is it's personalized. It's like the equipment. Like for example, if he uses like some kind of equipment at the gym, like this is like kind of what he uses. This is what he likes. So you get it based on what you think they would use. Mm-hmm. Um, or like for example, it could be something as simple as buying someone their favorite favorite ice cream after work like it can be that basic Mm. um but it's just about knowing obviously this is what the person likes and it's just the thought that goes into the the gift um to make them feel appreciated fourth one is quality time and Mm. it's expressed through and love is expressed through um, having focus on undivided attention on the person. So it's not like spending time together that no one's like distracting you or like you're not on your phone or like, you know I mean? like just being like intentional about the time you spend with someone. Mm-hmm. And it could be something like something as simple as like going for a walk or just being together with someone and not using your phone. That can be undivided time. Undivided. undivided it's attention. like they, they don't want you multitasking they want you to just be focused on them and yeah. i am the queen of multitasking so oh. i know i know <laughs> i know damn sure if i had a partner who that was very serious to you probably yeah he'd probably get pissed off with me but it's basically but just making sure that the time you spend together is meaningful and is yeah. intentional and it's undivided and it's just focused on the person and to people that um value this quality time um or like have this love language um cancelling yeah. or postponing time like they're supposed to spend together kind of affects them in terms of like they feel like oh you don't appreciate them or you don't care about them because mm-hmm. all they want to do is spend time with you spend time with you yeah so that kind of yeah that feels hurtful to them and then the f- fifth and final one is physical touch um so this is basically <laughs> this basically expresses love through physical non-sexual touch. So the keyword is non-sexual. Um, but basically the non-sexual touch reinforces um your presence. So it's something like just hugging there, hugging someone, or just holding their hand, or just mm. a rub on the back, just to know that you're there for them. Okay. Um, but it's just that that person just wants to feel close to you physically and it's not it doesn't have to be anything sexual or like weird it's just um yeah the person just feels you know appreciated and loved when they feel close to you physically that's what it comes down to you 
but yeah those are the five love languages so I've kind of like just given a brief overview of the love languages with that in mind Kemi um when you did the quiz what would you say were your top three languages and how do you feel like they've affected you in your relationships so my top three languages the first one acts of service um the second one was words of affirmation and the third one was physical touch Mm. and I don't know when I took the quiz I was a bit surprised that physical touch was one of my top um love languages because I'm usually not a very touchy person Mm. but um just looking over it the acts of service I've seen that a lot like in my relationships my past relationships I've always appreciated when people go out of their way for me and um I've always felt like wow like that touches me deeply like when people are just given because I believe in giving gifts I don't like receiving gifts but I love giving gifts so when someone does that to me it's beyond like it's just beyond anything that I can return back to them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, they're doing something for me that I, I probably cannot top. So, yeah, those are my three um, love languages. And So you said physical touch. Yes. Acts of service. What was the third one? Words of affirmation. Okay. But then you also know that you also like to give gifts. Because it's interesting you say that because they say that we like to give the love language we want to receive. So in terms of the way we express love to people tends to kind of be how we want to be expressed back. So it's interesting that you said that although you like to give gifts, you don't really, yeah, you don't really care too much about receiving. You're more about giving the gifts. But then people doing things for you means a lot to you. Yeah, because that's almost that that is a gift to me. And yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah, it's I mean, that's that's incomparable to any materialistic gift you can give me. So when someone does that for me, it's almost like they've surpassed like what I would probably be able to do. You know what I'm saying? Like I had an ex. So, I mean, he I was dating him and he lived in Atlanta and um I was driving back down and he drove with me like in his own car all the way to South Carolina. Okay. So to just give you an idea of how far it is, it's a five hour drive to Georgia from where I stay. And he drove about two and a half hours just to make sure like I was okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. It was just very thoughtful and that to me was very, I don't know, it, it stuck with me. Even till today, it still sticks with me that someone can be so selfless and just do something for someone out of their way that you would normally not think to do. If that makes mm. sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So pretty much what I thought was important. But I agree. Mm. I mean, I think looking at the top three choices that top three love languages that I had it kind of makes sense um if I'm dating someone their words kind of mean a lot to me Mm. so if I'm dating a guy and he's 
you know, encouraging me and just being like a trooper. I always appreciate that too. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> but not, well, so my, because obviously when I did it, it was, I, yeah. I've done it before in the past. Yeah. And then I redid it. Um, my top, my, my number one, my number one was still the same as it always has been, which is not surprising to me. Because even before I did what the quiz, I knew, I knew words of affirmation. Even before oh. I knew, I did the quiz, I knew that was my going to be my top. Yeah. But then my other two, um, so my so basically it was words of affirmation, um, acts of service, and then receiving gifts, which is quite interesting because I didn't think I cared that much about gifts for it to be in my top three. Yeah. Um, but even like the percentages, so like words of affirmation was thirty seven percent, acts of service was twenty seven percent, which yeah that that does that, that does make sense for me. But then receiving receiving gifts was like twenty percent. I was like, really? I would have thought that even oh, wow. if anything, quality time would have been a bit higher than mm-hmm. receiving gifts. But it's just it's interesting that that came up for me. That that one kind of was a bit weird, but I mean, hey ho, if it, if that's what it says, then that's it. But I personally do feel like I do care a bit more about quality time. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I guess we'll go with what the quiz says. But, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you know what? I think, you know, the quiz kind of guides you. But then you know what is important to you at this yeah. point. You know, in in your life. like, And it could be a blend of all of them, you know? Mm. And they, they're all manifesting in different ways. Because... With you, you might love spending, you know, quality time with someone and acts of service and words of information. Like, you could just be spread out, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it's... That is very true. Um, But, yeah, words of information for me for, like, yeah, all my life I've always known. Words get to me more than the average person. That mm. is something I always tell people. Like, even when I'm getting a relationship, I tell people that, like, just be careful about the way you speak to me. Because <laughs> me, I will, mm. you know, you will say one thing and I will go and interpret it to something wow. else. I will drag it out. I will, mm. like, if it's something that I feel like is offensive, I will get upset by it. It could just be like a passing comment you've said, but I'm still going to remember it three years from now. So oh. be very ah, careful. <laughs> <laughs> be very careful about yeah. the way you speak to me i always say it's not what wow. you say it is how you say, how it. You say it so just bear that in mind um so that for me that's probably i'll say that's definitely been um something that i've had to tackle with and just become a lot less sensitive as a person mm. it's, not every, it's actually not everyday argument you can't it is just tiring <laughs> Honestly, is it's not every and the older thing. you get to, the less you're going to let these things get to you. You know, you just kind of form a de- defense to it because you don't want to. I mean, people say people do say things that can be, you know, hurtful, and they might not even realize it. So I guess the older you get to, the less you're like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I can be understand <laughs> what you're saying. Um, so yeah, it just it's just a, for me, it was just a matter of just you know, just understanding myself and knowing that yes, I might be a bit more sensitive than an average person, but then also that the person that I'm with needs to understand that and kind of needs to yeah, just be a lot more softer. <laughs> 
with me than mm. you know obviously he the, the person would be with like someone else um which i don't think it's is an funny. unfair go ahead sorry i didn't mean to um disrupt you but interrupt you but um it's funny you say that like when you're dating someone you tell them to be softer right yeah i feel like recently when i've been dating guys like meeting new guys and talking to them they're always like oh are you a sensitive person and i'm like why do you say that they're like well you kind of get offended easily with little things that might not that I don't think too much of, like they don't think too much of when they say it. And I'm mm. just like, I mean, then that's when I, I can see how words of affirmation can, you know, really affect the way I am in a relationship because yeah, a lot of times I always thought, oh, when people say things to me, I can brush it off. But when people have been telling me recently, like, oh, are you sensitive? Because like my mood completely changes. I might not say anything, <laughs> but my mood completely changes. And they're like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Why are you, why are you asking me that? Because like, well, I just said that and you're like acting funny. I'm like, nah, nah, I'm good. You know, I always try to play tough guy. But it's yeah, like, you know, like you said, like really knowing who you are and mm. knowing what you value as well. So, yeah. Nah, um... I don't know what I was saying, but I think, Sorry. yeah, like I said, just knowing, I, I can't remember what I was saying, but just knowing who you are as a person and yeah. just communicating to the person that, you know, it's something that I do like, you know, like you said, value that I do like take quite seriously. So please don't mm-hmm. like, you know, don't take the piss. Don't like, <laughs> you know, yeah, don't take the piss. Don't like... Don't think you just talk to me anyhow and I'm going to accept that because I'm actually not. Like, that will send me, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Don't buy me a gift. I don't care. Don't spend time with me. <laughs> Fine, that's your own business. Don't call me. That's your wow. own. Wow. Actually, call me. Call me. I want to lie to myself. Call if you don't call me. Well, I'm actually gonna fight you. No, Ooh, you call me. In a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Call me. You have to call me in it. Call me. But 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 if we're having an argument, this is. I'm just. What I'm saying like for example, like if we're actually having an argument and we're not happy with each mm. other, we're not on good terms. Don't be sending me like long texts, like talking shit, because I'm, excuse my language, but I will actually get riled <laughs> up. I will actually lose my mind. I will actually flip because I'm just thinking of stuff like, am I actually, mm. am I someone? Am I actually, the I'm carrying for nine months for me to be spoken to like this. Like, I can't, yeah. I can't physically handle it. I can't, I actually can't. And funny enough, I don't think I'm the most sensitive person. I don't think yeah. I am, like, even coming from like a Nigerian background, I feel like, you have to have a very tough skin because oh, yeah. the way the way parents, uncles, yeah. aunties, the way I'm everyone talks you. to you, people just talk to people anyhow. Like in terms of like yeah. as in like because you're the you're the child or the younger person, they kind of just say whatever's on my in their mind. And they just, they can say anything, they can be like, Oh, look how fat you look in this outfit. Or they can say they can just say anything, or look at your mates, your so mates are, are getting A's and you're getting B's. Like I mean, they can say anything. Like they don't mm-hmm. care how you feel. So I mm-hmm. should kind of have like a I should have a thicker skin. And I do feel like I ha- I do have a thicker skin as a result, but it doesn't like negate, it doesn't like change the fact that like I still feel sensitive sometimes and I mm-hmm. still feel like you know 
I don't want people to talk to me anyhow. Because even stuff, stuff that my mom, even my own mother, <laughs> my mom knows how I am. Like she knows even my own mother, certain things she'll say to me, like it gets to me, you know? And I say to her like, mommy, it's just, just it's not what you're saying. It's how you're saying it. And my mom, my mom is a yeah. straight shooter, pow, pow. Like my mom, <laughs> if you think, if you think I'm blunt, if you think I'm blunt, my mom. Wait till you my, meet Because <laughs> you can see where I get it from. And my mom is, my mom is, my mom is a quiet, calm woman. She is. But once you get to know her, <laughs> and when she wants to give it to you, she, she mom will. doesn't play. Mom doesn't play. She is blunt. And I say blunt, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, ask anybody that knows my mom, if you know my mom very well, you will know that she's a blunt person. She will say it as it is. But yeah. it's, not, it's not just any, it's not the funny thing is like, she can't just say it to anybody. You have to be someone that she's close to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you have to know her because the average person would just, their chest would just be shaking. But, you know, because I've, <laughs> I've gotten, I've, <laughs> I've gotten used can't. to her over time. <laughs> Literally, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I've gotten used to her over time. So it's kind of like, you just take it and you just like, you, you develop know, the tough, tough skin. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. make it okay. And I said to I said to her like one time, I was like, Mom, like, you know, like you don't understand how much your words affect me, especially coming from coming mm. from a mother. Like there's the the whole Nigerian harshness and somewhat I wouldn't call it rudeness, but Nigerians can be very rude. But it's not it's not yeah. that they're trying to be rude, it's just that whole like just just saying whatever they want to say because they think, oh, you can't say nothing back to them because obviously you're the younger person or you're the child. Mm. And then there's an added on top, the fact that my mom is a blunt and doesn't really show emotions like that to people. So it's just like that mm. that combination is quite like lethal. Um and I will say mm. <laughs> it's somewhat in terms of like me being blunt, I can be I would say I can be quite blunt with people. Um and they might take it for rudeness, but because I know how words affect me as a person, I somewhat try to speak the way I would like to be spoken to. You see what I mean? Like I try yeah. not to yeah. overdo it because I know if it was me, I'm going from zero to a hundred. Like it's it's not a joke. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that's my experience mm-hmm. with like words of affirmation. Um yeah. and I do I'm not gonna lie, I do love getting that's why every everyone that knows me knows I like to write long wrong letters in my cards. Like literally, I like to write in my cards, I'll write like a whole spill about I'll just I'll basically write, I'll write, I'll just write, I'll say, Oh yeah. I appreciate you. I remember when this happened. Like I like I proper like go into depth in cards. Mm. That's one thing I like to do. Or like I like to send people like on their birthdays like long text messages because that is what mm. I would like to receive because that's how I like to mm. show love. Do you know what I mean? Like I like to like I'm fine someone that because even some people that know me as like a hype woman, I'm quite like encouraging with my words and do you know what I mean? Like you I just are. like to just compliment and you know make people feel good. So even yeah, that's just I guess that just shows like that's how much it kind of means to me the fact that that's mm. how then I do then show people my love and appreciation for them. Yeah. Um, and it's funny so, yeah. you say that. Cause like, even when I was dealing with like my breakup last year and I spoke to you, it was almost like speaking to you was like the beginning of my healing process. Yeah. And I don't think I ever told you, but I think it was, certain things that you said to me you know just encourage your encouragement throughout the whole process like where we just sat down for maybe what an hour or two and we're just talking 
and just the words that you were saying, just edifying, just encouraging. And so, yeah, I can definitely tell that that's like an important um, love language to you, words of affirmation, because I've seen the way you've treated others, you know, when you're in that position to help them. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, girl. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I want to talk about the second one, like the top, the sec, the top second one for me, just because I feel like that is probably true um, in terms of like acts mm-hmm. of service. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm someone that if I'm having like a tough day or if I'm having like a lot on, I really do appreciate people taking the load off me and helping me out. Like that mm-hmm. means a lot to me. Like, no, if you know, for example, I'm doing something, even like stuff like, for example, like let's say even like the fact that we even recording our episode together like that means a lot to me because you know it's taken out of your time um and it's not like I'm paying you for this time do you know what I mean like there's a million other things you could be doing during your day off work but you're here with me spending time helping me out with something that I actually need to do so yeah acts of service is very I'll say that's another important thing to me um and even like in a relationship I do um I do yeah I do tend to try and help people out with stuff that they're doing um so I'm the kind of person let's say we're in uni um I would probably help you out if you had like because I'm quite good with writing essays so if you had like an essay to write I'd like probably like I'll probably like read it through with you and like help you out with your spelling or whatever wherever it is or yeah just anything that you feel like you need help with that you know you can't like for example like my boyfriend recently just moved and I came and just helped him out with like basically his movement because I just felt like Aww. if I'm here, I mean the thing is he 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 did the same thing for me when I moved. So it's kind of like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like who else? Like I, I like there's no way I wouldn't do that for him. But that's just kind of person that I am. Yeah. Where like um, yeah, I just want to be helpful as much as I can be because I feel like people kind of like in this life people will remember you for like how much of an impact you made in terms of, like the things you said to them the mm. things you did for them you know what I mean like they're not gonna remember you for you for how much money you had or do you know what I mean how beautiful you were they're gonna remember you for how you how impacted you and touched feel. yeah how you made them feel how you impacted their lives what did you do for that person that's what we're gonna remember and it, as selfish as it sounds we all want people to help us out in our day-to-day lives so I just always thought yeah. that like why not if I'm expecting people to help me out like why wouldn't I then want to help other people out as well when they need help but yeah, even stuff like making food for someone like can you imagine like working a long 12-hour shift and then coming home and there's food on the table for you that's lit and that's great like that's be someone would appreciate that and that's yeah. the kind of thing I'm talking about where it doesn't have to be like massive you know what I mean massive like you know Expensive grand gestures gifts, you know it's, it can be the little stuff even like mm-hmm. you said to, you said the whole like driving with someone for five hours like that is something that you probably will always remember for, remember for the rest of your life because you yeah. know you didn't have to do that you know mm-hmm. yeah I definitely I think that you know now that I'm a bit older I'm looking back and I'm just like wow to be honest and I'm going to be very blunt in my relationships I haven't been as like welcome into love as I should. And I think the older I get now, the more I realize that maybe I could have been a little more loving in my relationships, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Why do you feel like that though? Because I think 
And, and when we do go into depth a little bit more, when we talk about like with attachment styles and um, a lot of it stems from, I think, my upbringing, you know, like growing up, I've never been much of a, I never really hung out with people, like never had friends, never really dated. So when I got to college and I was, I started having these relationships, it was almost like I was always worried that people would leave, mm. if that makes sense. And yeah. so I would, instead of trying to develop these relationships even further, I would kind of shift back and see how things go and try to avoid building like real solid relationships with people, especially guys. Yeah. So now that I'm what getting close to 25, I'm starting to realize all these things about myself. And looking back in hindsight, I think a lot of it had to do with me growing up in my family. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk, we're going to actually go in deeper um, in terms of like the whole attachment style. So I think it is very important, but in regards to the whole love languages and you know how we talked about the fact that people have different love languages and you know the way you show someone love may not be necessarily how they want you to show them love Mm -hmm. you know like like that JLo songs where where she basically says that you can you know buy me all the things in the world and everything um but like she just wants you to just basically spend time with her you know is it love don't cost a thing she's basically saying that like you know like you know all the money in the, all the money that you're spending, all these things that you're buying is all well and good doing all that. But what I really truly want is your time. Like I want you just to be there. You know, yeah. I think, <laughs> I think a lot of women probably do feel that way where it's like, you know, you, you want to, you know, drive your car, you know, you, I don't know what, what, cause I don't really know much about cars, but like whatever the top <laughs> cars are, what are you Maserati. Maserati, Lamborghini, Ferrari, Bugatti, oh look, I deserve a car. I don't know. Yes, <laughs> but, Bugatti, okay, whatever, whatever <laughs> cars, all those cars, you can buy them for me. You can buy me all the jewelry, all the Fendi, Louis. Yeah. Um, what are they? Does I tell me designers? Louis, Fendi, Versace, oh, YSL. All of them. Every, all of them you can buy all of them if i can even buy fenty beauty i don't know designer i'm actually just joking <laughs> but <laughs> i was like lou where have you been i mean she's getting there she's getting there but... oh can you imagine nah i'm actually joking but my point basically is that you can spend all that money you know but then if you ain't around and you ain't treating me right, what's the point? Like, what's yeah. the point? Like, your money cannot buy my yeah. love. And her yeah. love doesn't cost anything. That's actually a word, you know, mm. my love don't cost a thing. Because it doesn't. Even if you were broke, my love don't cost a thing. <laughs> we're really That's preaching true. out here. <laughs> my point basically is that you need to really just know your partner and know what they value. Because yeah. they can end up feeling very unloved. And in terms of talking mm. about knowing your partner... If, for example, you had a partner who liked to show you love in, like we said, in that way, Bayou, Louis, Fendi, Prada, uh, Versace, mm-hmm. and all that biz, 
but that wasn't how you receive love. You actually just want him to spend time with you. How would you yeah. communicate that with him? How would you tell him that this is not actually what matters to me? You just, I think personally, having undivided attention, having a sit down conversation with your partner is imperative. Like you have to have these conversations. And honestly, I think it's a good idea to actually take the love language quiz and to Mm. have these conversations earlier on during a relationship because these are things that you're going to have to deal with while you guys are dating. So having these conversations earlier on is the best way to really understand who you are because you are learning about each other. Yes, the honeymoon stage, you know, but that's like the best time to introduce it. Talk Mm. about it. Let, let him know how you feel because we tend to just assume that what we see is who the person is. Like, oh, she, I buy her this and she loves the gifts, but that might not necessarily be her favorite thing. You know, yeah. so having like very deep, intimate conversations about these topics are important in mm. the beginning of a relationship. It sets the foundation for the relationship, you know, like making yeah. it a standard to have these conversations. You know, what, what makes you happy? how would you like for me to express my love to you? Mm. And then you really get to know the person for who they are because we all have like a shell, right? When we meet people, we aren't going to show them exactly who we are when we first meet them. We're, you know, slowly opening up who we are. But these conversations are so deep that it's really hard for you to hold back on who you are because Mm. if the relationship is true and real, and you both want it to progress. You're going to be open about your love languages because it's basically going to define how you guys communicate in the relationship, if that makes sense, in terms of yeah. expressing your love. So having to sit down about it, talking about it, um, taking the quiz together, you know, and saying, mm. oh, do you enjoy this? Do you enjoy me? And, and it might seem a bit, and to most people it might seem, oh, it's too practical, like doing something like that. But in a relationship, you have to have, you have to be able to communicate. Communication is number one. So really spending time and getting to know each other and what exactly you want in a relationship is important. Because there's always going to be miscommunication if, you guys aren't on the same page, if that makes sense. So I think for me personally, and it's funny, I started talking to someone and we actually sat down and like took the quiz. And just so we know exactly how we want love expressed to us. And then we realized like, oh, we're not that similar. Like he was he preferred quality time and I was like oh, okay well now I have to understand that if this is something that's important to you you know I need to employ that and make that a priority when it comes to me if we are going to go further you know when we're dating just understanding that that's very important to you so I can respect that so but yeah I completely agree with you in terms of talking to your partner and communicating the fact that you know it's something that's important to you um because if someone doesn't know 
how can they then improve and you know right. do things the way you actually want them to be done and the thing is it's not <laughs> these things we're talking about it's actually not easy it takes practice and it takes time but I think the more time you spend with each other communicating mm. um, and the more you kind of are in tune with each other the easier it will be to kind of you know love the person in the way they want to be loved mm-hmm. um because it is something that I think does affect a lot of relationships and probably right. you know like a deeper understanding of how you know yeah like I said how your partner communicates and you know how your partner wants to be loved will always improve the relationship no matter what um because we always say oh communication is the key to um success in relationships which is very very true so it's just about when we talk about love language, it's about the way they want to be communicated in terms of love. Yeah. You see what I mean? Because you know how we yeah. have like the in the earth, we have like Yoruba, we have English, we have Spanish. You know, this is <laughs> you're almost somewhat you could almost somewhat be speaking a foreign language to someone, um, a foreign love mm. language, and it doesn't it doesn't affect them, it doesn't hit them, they don't they have no clue what you're doing. It doesn't it doesn't have any they don't comprehend it. Yeah. No, they don't comprehend it. But you know how people get so gassed when they know you can speak their language. You know, do you know how touching it is that that feeling. I love that analogy. Yeah, because it's like that feeling, and like it basically just takes you back to your childhood, where it's like, mm. you know, that person gets me. They, that is that mm. vibe. You know, it's just that excitement of knowing that this person understands me. Um, yeah, they understand me. Um, and I think, yeah, like I said, it it it's not something that comes overnight. It take definitely takes time. Um, but I think once you do, then understand each other in that way. It's just it's just about paying attention to basically you know, what you see, um, what you see in terms of like, inf- like what you see, how you see your partner relate to people, um, how you see your mm-hmm. partner relate to you, um, the way certain things you do that kind of gets your partner more excited, you know, like if you had like a girl you were dating and you saw that she does some like PDA and, you know, it's not every day holding hands and stuff, then you kind of just <laughs> reduce that a little bit. And if you say, oh, if you seem think, oh, maybe she likes to possibly just maybe just spend time with you, um undivided then increase that a bit more but then don't like you know i mean i don't like don't don't just do stuff for the sake of doing stuff actually really pay attention yeah Yeah, be intentional see what it is they like um and how it is they interact with other people as well because it will tell you a lot because like you know we're talking about how like there's certain things you do for your friends and stuff like that um in terms of like how you show them love that really shows you how you want to be shown love. Do you know what I mean? So like yeah. really just try and pay attention to the things they do, whether it's maybe they go above and beyond for other people, you know, to like acts of service and just kind of use that as like a way, as just as kind of like a guide to help you with, you know, knowing, understand them. Yeah, knowing and understanding what matters more to them. next we're going to talk about upbringing style um and how love languages affect that in terms of like how you are in a relationship um it doesn't necessarily have to be even love languages but in terms of like how you are in a relationship with people how do you feel like your upbringing has impacted that Mm. (laughs) so where do i start 
Um, I think growing up, I'll start off by talking a little bit like about my upbringing. Um, so I grew up in Nigeria for the most part, and then I migrated to England, lived there for about two years, and then migrated to America. Um, when we moved to America, my mom was working majority of the time, so I didn't really spend much time with her. Um, most of the time was spent with my dad because he was home. Um, he was a stay-at-home dad, so he was mostly at home with us. So my dad, um, growing up, he's like an authoritarian. Um, he's basically he basically like constructed rules, you know, in the house, and we followed them. So growing up, there wasn't a lot of like vocalizing how you felt. It was just you do as you're told and you keep moving on. Mm. And so, um, when I when I grew up, I had a lot of resentment towards my dad. To where um, it was it was a bit overbearing. Like I think recently, maybe about a year or two ago, was when I came into like contact with like how much anger I've been holding for so many years and it's not that my dad is not a good father he is but it was just me growing up and not really understanding where he came from so um yeah so anyway um growing up with my dad not really I mean he was, I, I mean, most people would say this is like the typical African, I guess, dad. <laughs> <laughs> like, where they don't really tell you much of like, oh, I love you or anything. So, growing up, honestly, when it came to dating, I was just like, I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to let anybody have my heart. No, no, no. And I'm not sure exactly where in my childhood, like, I developed this persona, but it kind of just happened that when I got older, it was really hard for me to, like, express love when I got into relationships, like, in Mm -hmm. college, and it was a little, it was a little scary, because, you know, you're seeing people falling in love, and you're like, "Ah, am I okay? Like, what's wrong? (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, I mean, God, when is my own? But then I realized, like, I wasn't even letting people in. Why am I like this? And, you know, I was dating my ex for about two and a half years. And it was like halfway through the relationship when um, I went to see a therapist. And I spoke to the therapist. I was like, I don't know what's going on, but it's just really hard for me to, like, be loving. And Mm. then she started, like, she brought up my relationship with my dad. And literally, that was, like, when everything just made, it was, like, a full circle. Like, so I know how I feel. And that was when I made a a decision to, you know, let forgiveness come, you know, like, forgive my dad, basically, and just let let go of what had happened between us growing up. And so... um. 
and my dad is a great person but then I think growing up I didn't understand why he was so strict he just Mm. wasn't it was it was never a conversation of like like I don't remember actually hugging my dad growing up like that's how it was like we he just and then my mom sat me down and told me she was like you know with his dad his dad wasn't actually physically available so Mm. him being here with you he thinks he's doing what he's supposed to and you have to see it from that perspective Mm. and I think that made me realize like just forgive forgiveness is so important and seeing being more willing to just accept people for who they are and when I finally gained that closure it made it so much easier in my relationship for me to express love yeah and just to be more willing to see a man and not think I have to be on defense mode but instead see okay this person could really love me for who I am and not to be so defensive so growing up I had that wrong idea of what love was and it was completely off because now that I'm a bit older I'm like okay love is a beautiful thing falling in love is something that you should embrace meeting Mm. someone and you know being in a a loving um respect respectful relationship can happen you just have to you just have to allow yourself to be in that space so that's very true yeah wow that's deep (laughs) i know (laughs) i know i know (laughs) it's when you you get older you start to realize like how much these things impact you like you start, mm-hmm. you know, your upbringing, your relationship with your parents. I mean, our attachment styles and the way we relate to people is affected by our experiences as well as the way we were raised, you know, yeah. the way we yeah. see people. And then also when we get older, we can now make that decision. Is that is this what I want to continue or do I want to change for the better, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like we are shaped by these different factors and you don't even we need to make that conscious effort to say is this right versus is this wrong so mm. yeah wow. pretty much sorry I didn't mean to like <laughs> drop, that. <laughs> <laughs> drop that on you no 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 because me I've never started I don't it's because I was I didn't even know how deep you were gonna go because me I that was, I wasn't trying to go deep like that but oh now that sorry. you've opened up, Yikes. That you've opened up <laughs> me too I have to open up somewhat so that I mean you don't easy. I mean you don't have to. might as well I might as well <laughs> somewhat because I feel like it it kind of does then explain as to certain things that you've done and how you are as a person in a relationship even with like your friendships as well like it kind of does because now that you've said that I like I'm actually sitting here like wow like really it does make a lot of sense so let me talk about myself so I'll talk about both parents in it um because I feel like they've affected me in different ways yeah um because I'll say there was a time where I spent more time with my dad 
um, because mm. my mom was working abroad and getting her degree. Um, so, mm. like you, similarly, I lived in Nigeria for a bit, then moved to England for a few years, <laughs> then moved to America, and then I'm now back in England. So, yeah, my mom was away for a few years getting herself stabilized in England. So, then I spent more time with my dad. And I'd say during that time, I like my dad was um, typical Nigerian dad in terms of like, you know, I work and I provide for the family. And that's mm. what I really need to do. Everything else is mm. your own business, which is all well and good. But forgetting that children actually do need more than just, you know, you providing the basic needs of you know food water mm. a home there's more I mean there's more <laughs> I'm not just I mean I ain't just an animal you know yeah. I need more even dogs need attention <laughs> I mean dogs need love um so yeah I think my dad because so my dad his dad died when he was very young so mm. he kind of grew up with his brother who was basically he was he he was basically like an became he was in the military and he became an army general um so you can imagine what life was like probably quite structured Mm. probably wasn't much love shown because i know from speaking to my older cousin i know definitely there was a lot of um input of the community into my dad's life so Mm. my dad is someone that is very community loving community based like he's very very like he sh- he does a lot for the community in terms of mm. like, I mean that's how he was I don't know if he still does that now but when he was like younger as in like like if years back that's how he was as a person in terms mm. of like just always trying to help people out like very a very someone that's like their friend his friends meant so much to him um mm. but then we as his kids somewhat felt neglected in that where we kind of felt like you're doing all this for everyone else outside but how like how are you showing us love how are you putting us first and the funny thing is probably to him he probably didn't think he probably he probably thought we were completely mm. fine do you know what I mean he probably didn't yeah. think we needed anything from him um but we did we did it's not it wasn't just like so it's not a matter of just giving you know paying for a, a child's school mm-hmm. fees or like putting food on a the table there's more to it a child Beyond needs love that. a child needs you know time attention mm. you know affection you, do you know what I mean like you need to kind yeah. of nurture your child it's not just just yeah. do the basics and just like kind of just let it be like you know which we're quickly realizing like it, it does take a lot more to raise a child but yeah I just think mm. for him that's just how he saw the world where, like, as long as we had the basic things, we were fine. There was nothing really that we needed from him. Mm. Um, I guess I'm sure he probably didn't even know how to show that as a father. You know, if you haven't grown up with a father, how do you really know how mm. to then be a father? What, how, like, what, wow. what kind of, I'm sure, like, what kind of mindset or what kind of pattern of parenthood do you then assimilate? Do you know what I mean? Because mm. the closest thing to a father figure would have been his brother. And then he probably had a lot of like uncles and stuff who were kind of like from the community, basically mm. like fathering him. So it's like to him, he then would then see the community as kind of his family, if you see what yeah. I mean. That's yeah. what kind of impacted him more. So I, it just it just knowing knowing how my dad grew up or learning about how we grew up 
kind of just made me really understand how he was as a father towards us if you see what I mean Mm. um yeah yeah but yeah my dad wasn't affectionate at all with us um Mm. it's only very recently like probably in the last maybe few years they started to tell us that he loves us because he never used to do that. He never, the yeah. most he would ask about is maybe possibly like how is school going? Oh, and now it's how mm-hmm. is work going? It doesn't mm-hmm. really go further than that. The first time I heard my dad ask me about, um, in terms of like potential boyfriends and stuff like that, I was, I thought I, I, thought I was hearing one. I was right, like, eh? what? I was like, huh? Like, did I really just hear you say that? Because for a very, <laughs> a very long time, my dad, like, he did, he just literally just about school. And then he might, yeah, just, he did nothing. Like, he wouldn't really talk to me much, much about anything. And I, mm. I think it's me and my sister used to laugh because we kind of basically just predict what the conversation would be with my dad, basically. Yeah. We didn't have, long, we would never sit there and have long conversations. Yeah. So, it's just funny, like now that we can actually sit and actually talk more. I mean, obviously, it's still a bit awkward, but you know, our conversations are longer, and I can kind of say kind mm. of more to him as a parent than I yeah. felt comfortable saying when I was younger. That's yeah. my dad. And then my mom. Um, so she, like I said to you, she's someone that is quite. Um, she's quiet, but then she does say her opinion obviously because i'm her daughter mm-hmm. um but she's someone that isn't very affectionate either um yeah she doesn't really show emotion as a person um yeah she she, she said she us we knew we knew she loved us and she did tell us you know she loved us and everything so i never i never there's never any doubt that my mom loved me at all mm-hmm. but the whole like you know being touchy-feely <laughs> showing yeah. affection that was never my mom's thing it was really funny because I remember there was one time like I was like mom just hug me please just hug me I just want to hug just hug me then she hugged me and then I probably say like a few seconds later she started patting my back you know that patting <laughs> that kind of like okay what are we doing now like I'm, I'm literally <laughs> I was like mom I said to ask actually man I like basically jokingly get annoyed I said mom like this is not funny like I'm your daughter please hug me who's gonna yeah. hug me if you don't hug me kind of thing and I used to kind of like crave you know that hug I was like you're my mom I used to like I was, my mom's like you're actually a big baby I said you know what it's fine <laughs> I don't mind being a big baby, but I, I just nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I just want to be. I just, the funny thing, I just genuinely just wanted. To, I just wanted to be just hugged because it mm. it was so rare. I like to be just obviously as a child. Yeah, your parent would probably hug you when you're crying and stuff like that. But it's it'd be weird as like an adult to just start crying because your parent hasn't mm. hugged you. So for me, I just, it kind of had to be like a intentional thing because none of my parents were ever like touchy feely or anything like that. Do you see what yeah. I mean? Yeah. They were never like that around me. And I probably, I've, I've never, like, I've never ever really seen my parents, like, affection around each other either. So it's kind of like just that whole showing mm. of, like, public display wow. of affection. It just it just never happened in our household. Wow. Um, it's funny you yeah. say that. I mean, it's interesting that you're saying that because I, that's basically the same thing in my home where it's like I've never seen them like curious and I'm like are you guys and you know it's because of that my perception of like marriage was just like oh I guess it's just where you have kids and you raise the kids and you struggle together you just 
make it through versus where it's like marriage is something that's supposed to be like enjoyable like you're supposed yeah. to be able to travel with your family and come together as one and so yeah seeing that my perception of marriage I mean I work now as a postpartum like care nurse um maternity nurse and I see a lot of family dynamics at my job place you know I see them after the baby comes and I see the way they're bonding spending this time together and I think that's when it really I started seeing different marriages and I'm just like wow like it's I'm looking forward to being married you know Mm -hmm. with the right person like knowing that we can bring someone into this world and just love each other like just have that like loving atmosphere where people just they're vulnerable with each other yeah so it's like definitely yeah definitely I completely agree with you um that like I would say the top three things for me definitely showing vulnerability in relationship I definitely struggled Mm. with that I just I was quite Mm. like um yeah, I was quite like cold. I would say I was quite yeah. like I don't want to. I don't want him to catch me slipping. I don't want him to know that I like mm-hmm. him. I don't want him to know that. Do you know what I mean, I don't want him to know he has my heart because you know the minute you feel like that, you kind of feel like you've lost control. You kind of feel like you know, yeah, you just feel like yeah. you feel like you feel you feel dumb. I felt I didn't like the feeling of you know liking someone or do you know what I, mean? I didn't like that feeling because it was just like oh this person kind of has this hold over you kind of yeah like, you've lost your independence yeah i think there's things it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't have it doesn't. to be, it doesn't have to be like you should be full you should be okay to feel vulnerable and you know express your feelings the way you need to feel like it's like it's, it's not it's not you shouldn't feel like you have to hide yourself um but that's how yeah. i just felt um and even with like <laughs> sharing affection um in terms of like yeah um yeah, it's something I have to consciously sometimes say to myself, like, you know, give him a hug, you know, yeah. you know, hold his hand, you know, mm-hmm. um, like you have to think <laughs> it's weird because you have to think about these things, like, but it's like that's not how I grew up. So to mm-hmm. me, I have to actually like make a conscious effort to think about them, um, but yeah. it it does it does matter and it does mean a lot, you know, because you don't want to be in a like I don't yeah. want like I'm. Do you know how cute it is when you see parents like holding hands or like when you're sitting down and they're like holding each other or like hugging? Do you know what I, mean? I love that. Yeah. Even like the awkward stuff, like maybe like the, someone's the dad slaps the bum, the mom's bum. Obviously, I don't want that. That's a bit too much. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a bit much, but it's actually cute. You know, it is. it's adorable. I love it. And, I love seeing it like that. And love should not weather away, like because you've been married for so long. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you can still keep the fire burning even in your 50s and your 60s while you guys are growing older together like it should not be a situation where you're thinking of love is like oh well in our 20s is when we have the most fun no you can keep that love burning and the fire burning throughout so just I think for me having that mindset like being married does not mean that um like it's the beginning of something beautiful and mm. I just have to see love as like I have to I had to really change my mindset and the way I perceived love to be like marriage to be yeah so, yeah. yeah and then even I'll say because you know we're talking about um yeah like upbringing <laughs> and how we feel like it's affected us when you were talking about like mm-hmm. your 
life and experiences because I was thinking like something that really like really got to me was when people would like kind of yeah like friends I'd like like friendships would like I'd like lose friends basically in terms of like you would stop speaking mm-hmm. to someone and then, like you know you would never like speak to them for a while or like you know I mean, just just out of your life mm-hmm. there's no like it, there's it's like you haven't fought there's no argument there's nothing that's actually happened it's just that you kind of mm-hmm. just either outgrown each other or like you're going in separate journeys and I always right. see that very like I took that to heart I was just kind of like I don't like losing people I want to keep people mm-hmm. in my life even to this day it still bothers Ooh. me because I, I still want to I somewhat felt abandoned. I felt rejected. I was just like, how wow. myself? Why do I like why? Because wow. obviously, the thing is, I'm actually I, mm. I like I feel like I have good friendships in my life. Like I feel I, I don't feel like I'm losing out on anything. But I don't have any people in my life mm. that I used to. But then I just always thought, why did it affect me so much to the point where like, I got to try mm. my best to like, maintain the friendship, even then it wasn't working you know mm. and, even, I, and the other thing is that like, even like even even developed that into a relationship where to the point where like even when I knew things were not like as in things were not things were not gonna work yeah I was still kind of like well like you can't just leave you can't just abandon me you can't just yes. this just can't be it you know and it honestly like thinking about like my childhood and my relationship with like my dad, it kind of mm. just it makes sense, kind of thing. Mm. Where kind of yeah, you just don't want people to leave. Like mm. it makes even if they're not good for you. Not saying that my dad wasn't good for me, but it just it just kind of makes sense that you know that attachment, you know, wow. to people. Um, it just it kind of touched me when you were talking about your experiences. Yeah, you know it's funny when you say that. I think about when. I was in college, like, I used to go over and beyond for, like, my friends, like, do things to try to, like, when I, when I, when I first started, like, meeting people, I wanted to, like, people to love me, and try to, like, get people to really know, like, you know, just become my friend, and I, now that I'm turning 25, I'm looking back, and I'm like, I invested a lot of time just trying to get people to love me because when I first moved out of the house I was like oh I don't need anyone and then all of a sudden I'm like in college on my own and I'm like making a conscious effort you know to make friends and even my past relationships when I knew when things were not working I would always try to make things work like I had a guy cheat on me and like leave me and then a year later, I was still, like, fantasizing on the relationship. Like, we could still make things work. And now that I'm just sitting back, I'm like, are you okay? But then <laughs> it made complete sense. It was like, no, we can still we can still work on it. And um, the thought of people leaving me for a long time was very hard. I mean, mm. it, was, it was just like I've lost, like, a part of me. And yeah. I think also it comes with, like, being more matured and getting older. You just start to realize, like, it's a it's a normal part of life to mm. lose people. You're gonna lose yeah. people, and you just have to accept it that whoever is in in your life, you know, now they've chosen to stay a part of it. But if they aren't, aren't you just have to kind of, you know, let things be. But when I was younger, like especially in college, I used to, I used to, like, I used to go 
all out for people. And so now that I'm actually turning 25, I know I keep saying it, but <laughs> I <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it <was. laughs> 25. <laughs> but you know, a lot of my friends are used to me being that like, oh, let's go do this. Like I'm going here with you, going there with you, and now I'm just like, I'm just you know in my little corner. And people are like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. You know, I'm just. I just feel like, you know, growing up, because I lacked that, like, that friendships, you know, when I lived at home with my dad, and we weren't really allowed to go out and make friends. It was like, mm-hmm. I tried to overcompensate when I grad- when I left the house by, like, trying to get people to love me, that mm-hmm. I lost myself in the process. Mm-hmm. And... I focus more on developing relationships than developing myself. Mm. And I was just, now that I'm like thinking about it, like this year has been, it's revealed so much about myself to me. You know, like I've never thought I would be at this point because I would always run away from it. Like I'm always like, oh, I'm going to travel here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But I, and I think COVID-19 also has a huge part to play. It's like you sit in your own, issues like you're just sitting in it you just have to face it you have to accept who you are and what you need to work on and so this year has been very eye-opening and yeah I I think I've also reflected a lot like on my relationships and wanting to really be there for people but also be there for myself so that when Mm. I when I when I go into people's eyes I'm not running on empty you know, trying to fill people up. It doesn't work that way, hmm. you know, and just making sure that my cup is full, completely full. So whatever is running over, I can give it to others. So I know you kind of started already talking about like upbringing and how it affects like your attachment styles and the way you are in relationship. But I thought it'd be yeah. good to actually talk about the theory behind it and how it actually then the research then does manifest itself in how we are today as people. So I'll just do like a, a quick background and try and just explain different type of attachment styles. And yeah, we'll okay. talk a bit more about attachment styles as well. So the attachment theory is basically based on the person's way of relating to others in relationships, whether it be emotionally, the behaviors they display or their like interactions. And the research actually found that our attachment style is a great predictor in terms of how successful our romantic relationships will be, Um, Mm. that the patterns that we have of attachment in our childhood typically follow us into our adulthood and into relationships and you know everything else in the future so psychologist John Bowlby basically found and believed that if you have a warm close relationship with your mother who's normally your earliest caregiver so like your primary caregiver initially it's basically like helps you as a person to yeah just develop normally and to just be a social socially and emotionally able person that is as crucial as like food or oxygen so john bowlby and mary ainsworth they did an experiment in the 1960s where they put children Mm -hmm. and their parents through a test they called it the strange situation test where basically 
they wanted to test how the children or the babies would respond to their mothers being absent temporarily. So there's two things they cared about was how the child would explore the room on his or her own and how the child would respond when the mother Mm. did then come back. So they put the child and their mother alone in the room. Um, So the room had like toys and like stuff that the kids would be interested in. And then they let the mother just let the child explore on their own. And then when the child like started to explore they brought in a stranger to talk to the mum, and then the stranger kind of like shifted attention to the child um and then the mother just kind of snuck away and came back like several minutes later then she'd like comfort the child and then leave again um and then the stranger would leave and then a few minutes later the stranger would then come back and then try to interact with the child and then Finally, the mom would then come back and greet the child. That was basically how they did the test. And what then did happen as a result of it was that they found that, so they basically did like three different attachment styles, but they found that one, the first one was secure, where they found that the child was open to exploring in, exploring in an unfamiliar room. Mm-hmm. You know, they like they, obviously they knew that their mom was there, but they still were okay to like kind of explore and play around. Um, and then yeah. when the mom did leave, they did have some discomfort. But when the when the mom was around with a the stranger, they kind of they were okay with the stranger. They weren't like you know uncomfortable with a stranger at all. And then when the like the behavior they displayed when the mom came back, they were basically kind of like happy to see her greeting her positively you know um and they were and their mother the mother was actually like sensitive and supportive so it was just kind of like a positive you know a positive outlook and a positive situation whereas when it was like avoidant so this is like the insecure child um so when they were playing they found out that the child wasn't really paying attention to the mum um or was just really kind of just doing their own thing when the mother left they didn't really care they were okay with the stranger mm. um when the mother came they were really not <laughs> interested um but then they found out the behavior of the mother was that the mother was kind of like not really responding too much to the infant she kind of just not not really paying too much attention to them kind of just ignoring them mm-hmm. um yeah kind of just like not rejecting them but just kind of just not really being present so that's what they found with those kind of mothers um and then the last one was the resistant insecure where they found that the child did not want to play at all. They didn't want to explore. When their mom left, mm. they were very distressed. They were not happy. When a stranger was talking to the mom, they didn't like it. They were uncomfortable. Mm. When the mom came back, they rejected the mom. They were not happy at all. They didn't like it. And what they found with those mothers, basically, was that their behaviors were inconsistent. So it turns like they did, it wasn't like they were providing like a... Um, a sensitive and supportive environment for the child to play um, or that they were rejecting the child or ignoring them but because they were inconsistent the child kind of I guess mm. yeah just was just more anxious I didn't really know how to act you know with mm. um, a random stranger or when the mother did leave they become very distressed as a result of it so it's interesting to see how like these different um like how the mothers were kind of affected how the child was. Mm. And then also 
how the different types of attachment um, led to different results in terms of like how they responded to strangers speaking to their mum or when the mum would then leave, how they would respond to it. So now that we've talked about how it affected children, the um, the the research was then taken further from parent to child um, to then romantic relationships. So mm. basically the research that they found was that they wanted to just find out um, whether the type of relationship you have with your primary caregiver as a child is the mm. same thing you're going to have with a romantic partner. Um, mm. So then they ended up splitting. So like as the research developed more and other people got involved, um, they kind of split into four different types. So secure um, attachment, anxious attachment, avoidant attachment, and fearful avoidant attachment. So I'm going to just talk about the four different types um, just because it makes sense to kind of explain what they are before we then explain what we have and how it's affected us. Um, so the first one is the secure attachment. So the statement is basically, it's easy for me to get close to people. So they basically tend to be less anxious and more satisfied with their relationships. Um, mm-hmm. So forming secure, loving and trusting relationships is kind of easy for them. Um, and they can depend on others without being too dependent. And mm-hmm. what's been found is that these people have low low avoidance and low anxiety. And then you have the anxious attachment, which I think this is about 90% of people that have it, where the statement is, I worry I am not good mm-hmm. enough for my partner. So they tend to be more anxious about their relationships and they have a deep fear of abandonment. Um, so they experience an emotional hunger and they're kind of desperate for um, mm-hmm. fantasy fantasy type of love that kind of like fairy tale love um even though it's not possible or reciprocated and they're kind of somewhat looking for a partner who can kind of rescue them and complete them and these people tend to be um low avoidance and high high anxiety because they're kind of anxious and worried um and then you have the avoidant attachment so the statement is, I prefer not to depend on others or have them depend on me. So these people tend to be emotionally distant from their partners and fear intimacy. Um, and they take pride in their independence, basically, and can see attachment as a weakness. So they don't like to really process emotions with people around. They like to do things on their own. They don't like to be vulnerable. Um, and they tend to like kind of pull away um, when they need help. Um, and it's also been found that these people have high avoidance and low anxiety in relationships. So you can just imagine having someone that has <laughs> low avoidance and high anxiety, and then the other one has mm. high avoidance and low anxiety. That is a cat- cat- catastrophic relationship. Mm. Um, but these things happen. Um, and then finally, we have, I think they said it's one to 5% of the population. This is the fearful avoidant attachment. So basically the statement is, I want close relationships but I'm scared of being hurt so it's basically um also called the disoriented or disorganized attachment where it's a combination of both the anxious and the avoidant they're in a kind of limbo where they swing from you know they're kind of afraid of connection but then they're kind of over analyzing um their connections Mm. and worrying and 
getting overwhelmed you know like for these people they kind of are quite unpredictable as they can like kind of be a lot and then run off the next day and just like not really <laughs> be involved or to you <laughs> Do you know what I mean they kind of kind of like just be you know distant from you um which is quite mm-hmm. interesting um but yeah like even like reading all this this is just it's quite yeah it is quite something that's it's quite interesting it's worth yeah. knowing what type of attachment style you have because it does then explain why you attract the kind of people you attract and why you mm. display certain behaviors in relationships. Um, yeah. yeah. So do yeah. you know your attachment style and how do you feel like it's impacted you mm. um, in your relationships? So... From what I've been reading, I think my attachment style is avoidant for the most part. But then I think when I read about fearful avoidant, I was like, that could be, I think that's what it is. Because Mm. a lot of my actions are based off this. I'm scared of doing this, so I'm going to avoid it. It's Mm. not because I don't want to. I don't want love. I'm scared that if I do give you this love, you're going to run off and never come back. So I'm just going to avoid, you know, sharing that part with you. So I don't put myself in that position. Um, Yeah. And the reason why I thought it was fearful avoidance is in my past relationships, I've always been someone who just kind of initially I'm standoffish. I act like I'm not mm. really into the relationship. I don't really want to, um, you know, show how I feel. I'm concealing my emotions. And then once I start getting deeper into the relationship, I'm like, then they start to really see how I really am, you know, that I'm scared. That's why I didn't want to pursue the relationship or I'm scared this person is not going to work. And so um, I think understanding that has really made me step, take a step back to and see relationships from a view of, okay, if I'm going to, if I know this is my attachment style, and this is how I am in the relationship, I really need to sit down and focus on what has made me become this way. Mm. What has made me get to this point where I feel like if I'm getting in a relationship, I need to put my guards up and act like, you know, I don't care, even though I do. And so I think, understand, and that was, like I said to you earlier, just going to the therapist and just talking to the therapist really made me understand that I was doing this almost as like a proactive mindset. Like, okay, if you're, if it's not going to work, let's just go. And the negative thinking too of being in a relationship and it not working and men not really, my the way I thought of men was not, it wasn't reasonable. So I think now I'm, you know, in my new 
like relationships and talking to dating around I'm trying to develop a secure attachment where it's I'm not focusing on them possibly leaving me or me not showing my emotions but instead just coming for who I am and Mm. not not acting not setting up um, a barrier or being defensive and just showing them okay this is who I am and I'm willing to you know meet you where you are and I think also with me I've dated a lot of people that were anxious like had anxious attachment styles in the past so I'm also very careful with the type of people I let into my life now because when I get around people who want to show me too much love I kind of push back so I'm Mm. trying to also be careful of the type of people that I let in because when you're dating someone who's not for me when I'm dating someone who's not like oh I love you it's like oh do you really if am I making terms I mean no I can I can you know what the way you're talking I can completely (laughs) relate to everything you're saying I'm like yes yes this is me yes yes like you you have to you have to show me like that you love me (laughs) and I'll be like okay I'm gonna let you but in reality sometimes you think that because someone is doing that like but it could be you know where they're gonna come after me they're gonna be like okay now I need you to give me that love but if I'm not in the place to give it to them it's just it's a disaster and Mm. I think now I'm when I meet people I see the way they interact like I want to be with someone who still has their independence and does not like completely depend on me someone who's able to function you know on their own and it's like the love is is there but we're still we still have our separate lives you know we're still able to like go after be ambitious go after our goals reach our goals but still be able to have that you know respectful um relationship so yeah so i did the um well there's several attachment quizzes but i did one of the attachment quizzes and it came up that i was secure in the quiz but i figured that you probably were going to be secure attachment (laughs) but then the thing is finally we say that but I feel like if I had done this quiz maybe a few years ago, it might have been completely, mm. something completely different. Like, I feel like yeah. it's probably because of the work that I've done on myself. I mean, obviously, I'm not mm. completely where I need to be, but I do definitely feel like it's not a reflection of how I was um, as a person. Because I would say, I don't know, like, I feel like I probably was... I don't know. It's a weird one because I feel like I do kind of resonate more with um, the last one, which is a fearful avoidant, where I want to have a close relationship, um, but then I'm scared of being hurt. And I don't really want people to see me as being vulnerable. And I, yeah. yeah, I can also, I'm someone that can probably also kind of switch in terms of like, I can be proper on you and then I can just disappear and just, you know, not want to be close to you as a person. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's why I kind of felt like that. But then I don't know. 
that's why I kind of just felt like that was probably more me maybe in the past but um Mm. yeah I think right now obviously yeah like I think if I had done this a few years ago it probably would have been more more that yeah um but it is at least it's good to know that the work that I've been doing um like therapy um reading books um just getting to know myself and understanding why I'm the way Mm. I am it's kind of helped me to build better relationships and yeah, to be more secure and trusting in people, you know. Um, yeah. Not so, like I said, not to say that I'm perfect or anything, but it's just, it's interesting to see, yeah. And I think also, that... sorry. No, you can go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying that, you know, like it also just shows that whatever we, if we take a quiz and we determine, oh, this is our attachment style, and we see that these are, things that we do in a relationship it doesn't mean that's a roadblock you know that we can also develop and progress and try to get to that secure attachment style Mm. so that when we get in relationships or if we are already in one we know how to improve and where to you know work on and better ourselves so that we can be able to develop a secure attachment so knowing obviously everything we know about like attachment styles do you think that will impact the way you raise your children? Of course. Of course. Um, I think I plan to raise my kids very differently from how I was raised. Uh, with, you know, my parents, they tried to, I think they tried their best. You know, they were migrating from country to country. So it's like they didn't have, you know, when you have that, extra leisure time to like sit down and be like oh we're going to we're going to make sure we spend this much time doing this with our kids like they were busy trying to even just figure out how to get to America and like to give us the best life possible so mm. it's like they had that on their minds but now that I'm you know stabilized in this country like they've created that they've established that stability for us like I plan to spend more time with my kids, like, being open with them, you know, like, just letting them know that I'm accessible, but then also giving them the liberty to make their own decisions. Mm. And a lot of people won't agree with me, but I think allowing them to make their decisions at an earlier age, giving them that um, autonomy and letting them start developing who they are from, I think, young age, like, five years old, what do you want to do? But then guiding them at the same time. I mean, that's what we yeah. need. Parental figures there for us mm-hmm. to guide us. But I think so that they know that, you know, you love them, but they don't feel like they have to be completely attached to you and they can't do anything without you. You know, letting them make decisions and grow and develop their own um, personality at a younger age and just knowing that you're there to love them no matter what. A lot of people won't agree with me, but that's pretty much what I think. is mm. That's how I would love to raise my kids because um, growing up, I just, I was so dependent on like what my parents told me to do. You know, like it's, it's really hard for me to just go out there and like make decisions on my own. But my and my parents also they they enjoy that like 
with us being there and, you know, guiding us. But I think for my children, it's just, I would love for them to know that, okay, mom loves you. Mom cares about you. You know, I'm here for you no matter what. But I want them to be able to grow and know who they are and to develop their own person, if that makes sense. Yeah, it completely makes sense. I understand why you'd want to raise your child like that. Um, Yeah, because it is really important for kids to have a sense of responsibility. I feel like they're their own person without their parents. Um, You don't want to... Yeah, you don't want to just get to the point where, like, your child is dependent on you for everything. And, you know, when you're then not in the picture, they just get really worried and not able to make decisions Mm -hmm. themselves, you know. It is a big... it's, It's a big problem, you know. Um... And it's just having that freedom to really express themselves, you know, without fear mm. of being, you know, controlled or judged or, you know, being made to feel like th- who they are is not enough, basically. I think that's really important. Um, mm. I think for me, um, I'd probably be a lot more affectionate with my children. Um, so definitely tell them I love you, hugs, kisses, everything, like, you know, I'm going to mm. be the most, as much as affectionate as I can possibly be um, because I didn't have that as a child. Um, mm. Or even if I did have, maybe it was for a short period of time, I don't know. But to me, it's really difficult to think about times when parents have been affectionate to me, which shouldn't be mm. the case. You know what I mean? You, sh- you shouldn't have to rack your brain to think about, you know, yeah how affectionate your parents have been towards you. So that's something I'd like. I don't want my child to ever, you know, think in their head that they're not loved. Mm. Um, that's really important. Like, I want it. I want, I, want, I, want, I want to show it every single day, you know. Um, yeah. And then also, I'd say, hmm, what else, would I, what else would I change? I think I would just, um, I'd give my child to the, I get. I guess being the oldest girl, or even just the oldest mm-hmm. in the family, there's always that responsibility of mm. having like you know your your younger siblings and um, mm. kind of being like a second parent to them or a third parent to them. Yeah. Um, I think um, when I do have my kids, I'm not gonna give. Obviously, you be responsible adults or you know children or whatever. But yeah. I think that whole responsibility over another child, mm. I don't. I think I'd probably reduce mm. that and let them be just let them be kids. You know, when you're yeah, a child, child. Let them be, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I do remember yeah. being quite young, wow. but still having that responsibility over my sisters. Mm. That I kind of it kind of yeah. made me like because I was, I was speaking to my therapist. Wow, like, he kind of. When he's speaking to me, he kind of mentioned the fact that like I put other people before myself sometimes. And mm. when do I actually sit and listen to what I want, what my needs are? Like whose voice am I listening to? Is it the voices of the people around me? Or is it my own voice? Um so yeah, that's what he said basically. Um, which made me kind yeah. of think that like all my life it was never really about me. So making things about mm. me, it's just become, do you know what I mean? Like it was quite difficult for me to express how I felt about things, what I wanted, do you know what I mean? Because I never really, no one really ever asked me what I mm. wanted or, do you know what I mean? Um, what my thoughts on something were. 
um, which is why I really appreciate having this platform, you know, to open up and discuss what mm. my thoughts are, to express myself, because I, you know, like <laughs> it kind of makes you feel important. It makes you feel listened to. You. Mm. It makes you feel heard. And I know, obviously, you know, yeah. what I'm doing is also a service, but then it it actually contributes more to me than I think. Mm. Yeah, I think that I, that I realized um, having my own yeah. voice and being heard. Is just really important to me. So I think I'll actually give that to my child. Um, so they feel like they're their own person. Because growing up in an African identity, you don't really feel like you're your own person. You kind of, you know, Mm-mm. I mean, you're not really encouraged to be expressive and to be creative and do your own thing. It's kind of like what the family, yeah. what the needs of the family is are. What did, kind of yeah. Talk- you basically kind of like it's this is my boat and you're gonna to have to do what I say you do or get off the boat basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And there is a lot of pressure, especially as like first sports when you're a girl. Cause you find yourself like like you said earlier, just trying to take on everyone's problems. Your parents, your younger siblings, and you're stuck in the middle. You find yourself just trying to please people pleasing you know mm-hmm. because yeah. of the expectations the societal expectations as a nigerian you know like an african kid and then also as being the firstborn and mm. yeah it's it's but you know i think the older you get and you making that decision to say that you're not going to raise your children putting that pressure on them I think it's very powerful because it's almost like they're stopping generational traditions that, and you know, the traditions are what we've established, right, in our society, but they, some of them aren't so healthy. And with the expectations that as the firstborn, you need to take on all these responsibilities, sometimes it can be a bit overbearing. So it's good that you're not even, you're, you're, consciously thinking about you know how you're going to raise your kids and how you're going to avoid putting that type of pressure on them and I never even thought about it that way I've always just been like oh well it's just what you have to do when you're firstborn but in reality it's not you know it's our society that has made it um important to put that pressure and yeah yeah, and I was even like watching a YouTube video um a few weeks back. I don't know if you know who Mo Chunks is, but she's basically like a YouTuber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's talking about I the do. fact that she left her parents. Basically, like she I think it's a why I left my parents' house. Basically, and it's basically all the like stress mm. of being the oldest girl um and having to kind of deal with other people's issues over your own issues and just not really mm. feeling like your voice is heard or that you know your needs are being met so yeah it is actually something that I know that a lot of people are probably experiencing um that are in my situation as well yeah yeah definitely um it's weird because like I feel like I could sit here and talk about all these things for hours honestly and the time has (laughs) flown so much that I'm like how did we even get here like to me it's it's honestly shocking like when we're talking about relationships, you know, we really need to sit down and become, like, self-aware. Like, self-awareness mm. is key because, like, you cannot 
you cannot get in a relationship until you truly, truly know yourself. Like, it's a hard conversation to have because it makes you bring up, like, things that you have suppressed for so many years, you know? Yeah. Like, really face it. But, like, when you deal with things that you've suppressed for so long, you're able to fully understand who you are and know what what your values are, what you believe in, and what made you develop those values. And then you can sit down and then, you know, review everything and decide, okay, are these, are these, you know, attributes that I want to have, you know, while I'm in this relationship? Are these, like, is this a good, you know, char- character that I have, like, when I handle things mm. when I'm in a relationship? You know, sitting back and really reflecting. So I've always known that with relationships, it's just not just, oh, a situation where you're dating it's like it's deeper than that you really have to look back and reflect and review everything that you've been through to see how you've gotten to where you are so yeah wow yeah oh gosh that is deep (laughs) i'm left speechless honestly you don't understand (laughs) No, actually, less speechless. Um, I mean, talking to you has really like made me see things from a different perspective. Like seeing you even develop from, you know, seeing that your secure attachment like style, and I can see that even just talking to you. Like when we have conversations about our relationships, I can just tell. And to say that you, you know you know you didn't start off that way and you kind of developed yourself that way like that's it gives me hope (laughs) (laughs) it gives me hope yeah Yeah, that's the thing about like personal growth and you know self-improvement that Mm. it is honestly covers so much in terms of like so many aspects in life Mm. Um, and doing the work that you need to do like the impact it makes on you on the long term is just it's it's nothing can compare to it basically like Ooh. which is why like I feel like that's something that I always push because I feel like yeah even like just even comes common simple you know um when you're first starting to get to know someone and dating someone um having done the work on yourself you're able to you know know what you want know what you will not mm. tolerate you know see signs of people that you shouldn't be with you know like if you see certain you know traits from the get-go you know not to you know mess with this person um so yeah that's why I always push yeah personal growth and all that stuff but it's not an easy journey I'll say there's definitely be a lot of tears <laughs> on the way stress yeah. I've been stressed out I've broken down several times and I'm still not mm. where I need to be but I just think as long as you're as you said like you're conscious of it and you're doing the work you need to do then you're always going to be better off in the long run and you're going to be mm. in a better stage as time goes on it's true well thank you for having me on I really enjoyed it um I enjoyed talking about these different topics they really brought light to you know where I stand with relationships and what I, 
how far I've come and what I need to work on. So thank you so much. I really enjoyed my time with you. I think <laughs> you're a wonderful person. And Aww. I'm glad to have you as a friend. So, <laughs> yes. Thank, thank you, you so much for coming on, honestly. Like, um, <laughs> this episode, I promise you, like, because I wasn't so sure if I wanted to actually record an episode like this because I wasn't quite sure yeah. what how how deep I would talk and what I would even talk about or mention and how it actually relates. Right. However, I've had a lot to say. You've had a lot to say. We've covered so yeah. much. And honestly, it just it's honestly just left me thinking about a lot. Um, so mm. I do really appreciate you coming on. You've honestly um, added so much to the conversation. Um, yeah, and made it a million times better than I thought it would be. So thank you so much. And mm. I've honestly had a, the great, the best time recording with you. Um, and I really thank hope you. you come back, come back and record again because you were great at this, honestly. Um, Aww, you. You're welcome. Thank but you. that is it, guys, for episode 31. Um, it's a bit of a long, deep conversation. But I do hope you enjoyed it. Um, let me know your thoughts. So you can just email me, um, levelupwithdo at gmail.com. Or you can send me a DM on the podcast page. And let me know what you thought about the episode. You know, what you thought about attachment styles. So yeah, just let me know your thoughts. And I will catch you guys on the next episode. Bye, guys. I said bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank <laughs> you.